Welcome to Slow and Steady, the podcast where you get to follow along as we figure out how to build products and recover from burnout. I'm Benedict. And I'm Brian. Each week we'll give you an honest peek into our lives as we figure things out. Today is March 2nd and I am feeling behind. This is episode number 80 and I'm feeling busy. <laughs> I'm laughing because <laughs> I, I had replaced you. That's how behind I feel. <laughs> I had replaced your line. This is episode 80 and I am feeling, you had written busy, right? Yeah, I had yeah. written busy. And I, and I was laughing because I was like, huh, I'm feeling behind too. So I wrote it in there, but oh man, <laughs> that was like me from two weeks ago and I'm still feeling behind. Oh, that was so funny. Sorry, I didn't mean to try to uh, impose upon you what you should be, what you should be feeling. No, that's fine. Um, I still feel busy, and I guess that also implies <laughs> yeah. feeling a little bit behind. So I think yeah. we're good. Totally, yeah. Applies all the all the way around, all the way around. Yeah. Well, so I sent you, uh, I sent you a couple pictures in Slack before we started recording. I'll put them up on Twitter. But the big, yeah, I mean the big, big, big news for us is that over the weekend we got both our truck and our uh, fifth wheel. Uh, camper uh so they're sitting out in our driveway taking up basically the entire length of our driveway (laughs) (laughs) uh i yeah i keep looking at those pictures it's huge (laughs) it is intimidating um it is just so so intimidatingly large but people do it i mean i so I, i sent i sent photos to my brother and he was like, you know, damn, are you sure you can handle that? I'm like, no, <laughs> but <laughs> but people do. So I guess I'll learn. So have a couple months you, now to, to practice. You need a special license for, for okay. a big truck like that? This is what I think is so incredibly ridiculous. No, you <laughs> you do not need in the United States of America a special license to just show up and say, hey, can I buy that 40-foot-long trailer and then just drive it around the country? Oh, sure, you bought it. It's yours. You don't need a license to do that. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it's benefiting yeah. me in this moment because it you know, simplifies all of our logistics, but I'm just like, this is crazy. You should not be able to do this without a license. And so I'm looking at like training schools and um, you know, planning out very safe like short you know trips around like our our area here but no you don't need a license it's bonkers <laughs> doesn't make any yeah, sense yeah. to me it feels bonkers to me as well um it is bonkers. i'm pretty sure you'd need a license for that over here i would imagine yeah yeah I mean, the good thing is it's just it's just a trailer to live in, so it probably it's probably not that heavy. I think, like, uh, hopefully, weighs. I think that one weighs eighteen thousand, sixteen thousand pounds, something like that. Okay, still a lot, but it's not like a yeah. uh, a cargo truck that like weighs right. like I don't know yeah, forty thousand pounds. I don't know what that is in kilos, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still it's it's. Yeah, it's still quite large. And I, and I say that it actually, it varies state to state. Some states you do have to, 
um, when you register the the trailer, you mm-hmm. do have to show a certain license, but um, the state of You're Colorado still is not one of them. <laughs> You're still allowed to drive it in those states? Yes, are you? you are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I guess around here, uh, um, up to a certain size, you're allowed to drive like uh, trailers and um, even larger vehicles. Mm-hmm. But above that, you need a special license with like yeah. a special special yeah. training and a permit. And yeah. I guess if it gets too big, you also need like to have like medical exams every couple years. So check your yeah. eyes and stuff like that. So Too smart. Yeah. yeah do that we should do that <laughs> so anyway so the short the short story is um you know i'm i'm gonna try to see if there's some sort of driving school or something that i can take but that feels safe i mean that's the whole other you know part of it then is um you know going and sitting in the truck with somebody um you know, yeah. you do the glasses, but, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see. So for, for people who just listen to us rambling, like, what did oh. you get? Oh yeah. <laughs> sorry. Some keywords sorry. to go before. <laughs> okay. So, and I'll, you know what, I'll throw, I'll, as soon as we get off here, I'll, I'll throw those photos up on, on Twitter. Um, so that there's a reference point for anybody who is now listening tomorrow. Um, okay. But the, tr- so the truck is a, it is a Ford F-350 crew cab, which means like two full doors, uh, 6.7 liter turbo diesel dually, dual rear wheel. I have no idea what the 6.7 liter turbo diesel thing means other than <laughs> you want it in order to pull the trailer that we got, which is a 41-foot uh, it's called a Grand Design Reflection, and the model is a 367 BHS, um, which we got because we liked the configuration of the middle uh, the middle bedroom with a little loft over it so the three kids can have a little bit of space there. Um, yeah, so it is, uh, it is a very long rig, <laughs> all in all, from the from the size of the truck and then throwing an additional, you know, 40 feet on the back of it. Quite going to be quite the, quite the learning experience to, to sort that out. But yeah, but you drove it a little bit already or did you drove the truck? I drove the truck. We had, we had the trailer delivered. There was no Mm. way that I felt like, Oh sure. I'll first time ever driving it. I'll just go pick it up somewhere across the country and bring it here. Um, cause we were just shopping nationwide, you know, finding the best we, we knew, we knew what kind of, what kind of floor plan we really needed, you know, to feel mm-hmm. like let's, let's give ourselves the best chance of making this work over 14 months. And so then we just, we kind of had to narrow it down of, we know that's the model we want. What's the best price? Where can we get it? And this particular one, we're in Colorado. It was in Virginia, which is like 1700 miles away or something like that. Mm. So there was no way that I was going <laughs> to for the first time ever. Free, free training included. Yeah. Yes, right. <laughs> well, son, you just get on the interstate and head west. Okay, cool. <laughs> cool. Let's do it. No. Uh, anyway, so uh yeah, so it's it's sitting out there and, you know, uh Laura and the kids are just loving it. 
um, hopping in there. You're scared. And, <laughs> and I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous to say the least, but I mean, when we first got, I mean, when we first got the pop-up camper, which now seems like a tiny little, you know, go-kart plaything. Like I was just white knuckle driving, just like panicked and paranoid the whole time. And then, you know, now I can, you know, basically yeah. drive it through it snow and wouldn't be nervous. Yeah. But, um, and so I know that I will eventually feel that way with this. <laughs> I can't imagine it, <laughs> but I have to believe it. So, oh, yeah. hopefully hopefully within the next day or two i'll i'll take a test just a test like mm-hmm. little loop around the neighborhood yeah and then take it out on the highway and then take it out further but just kind of like just get a sense of the turning and dimensions and all that so yeah yeah anyway that's the biggest that's the big news here did you spend a night in it like in the, <laughs> in the trailer no not yet not yet well we will but we're still just kind of getting a sense for all the systems and the you know, electricity, propane, everything like mm-hmm. get yeah, a sense nice. for how everything works on this thing compared to our little pop-up tent. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's what's, uh, that's what's new with me. What about you? How are things going? Yeah. Uh, things are okay. Uh, the weather is still nice around here, so I'm enjoying that a lot. Um, mm-hmm. work-wise, I'm still working on the new user and company profiles. Turns out it's a lot more work than I, anticipated because like the screens i got from jane were like three or four screens for like two for the users and two for the companies but turns out like there are a lot of moving parts in there so Mm -hmm. (laughs) it needs a lot of work to just like get it wired up correctly and stuff like that and then yeah as i said it's like one of the oldest pieces of the entire ui so basically replacing everything um and yeah, it's just a lot of work, so I'm still still on it. But I like I like where it's going. It feels it feels neat, and uh, the code feels a lot more tidy than than previously. So yeah, we'll eventually get there. Um, but that's the the biggest thing I've been working on. Um, we did have a bit of a problem with our background processing yesterday, out of the blue again. And for some reason, um, we we experienced the deadlock again. So the segment evaluation would like just stop working and just like mm. block the entire background processing by like just like having long running jobs for like hours and hours and hours. And it turned out they were basically all the jobs were trying to lock um, acquire a lock on the database table that manages relationships between. Um, users and segments and it, yeah I, I, honestly i still don't fully understand why this is happening but i guess it's because we have like when we reevaluate an entire segment we basically run a long expensive query to get like all the users that match that segment okay and then add them to the segment one by one and in addition to that when a user changes, we also reevaluate that particular user against all the existing segments. And my suspicion is that if you have both of those running at the same time, like the big one that just like takes one segment and checks like all users, and another one that's one user that checks all segments, there can be a state where like 
both of these jobs want to insert the same role into the table and they might be able to like acquire the same locks for some reason yeah and just like yeah. wait for forever until they can continue executing my solution for now is to basically just uh get rid of the transaction that wraps the entire select everything and insert everything uh, in the uh, segment re-evaluation, which feels like a little bit scary because I I like transactions because they keep my data consistent. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess in this particular case, it was just like locking things for too long. Mm -hmm. And after thinking about it for a while, I think it's probably not even needed because like if things changes, like if things change in that, like, while that job is still running, like another job will probably just remove that row um, or insert it back in or whatever. So it should be fine. But yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe I traded the deadlock, uh, fixing the deadlock for uh, introducing a consistency problem. But uh, like we'll, only time will tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's about it on the on the development side of things. Um, in other news, like in marketing news, Jane has been um, setting up like workshops and uh, webinars with uh, partnerships, like making partnerships with other software companies that like serve a similar market and um, nice. started doing um, workshops with them. The first one is right now as we speak. <laughs> okay. I, I hope it is currently going well. <laughs> I, I hope so too. Um, one of the learnings though is... Um, uh like when we when we set this up with uh, the other company we um suggested that they include us in their like send an email to their to their mailing list and announce it and stuff like that and they did but it was like in their weekly or even monthly newsletter at the very bottom <laughs> like a tiny paragraph yeah so we only got at least last time we checked it we only got like one sign up for this mm -hmm. <laughs> so it might be that jane is currently just sitting there waiting for anyone to show up <laughs> um so that's a learning um i guess for yeah. the next one we'll ask them to like do a dedicated like email a dedicated distribution just yeah. about yeah. this yep uh and hopefully that that goes better yeah. but Still, I think this is a good, like a good effort, and um, we learned something on this first one, and hopefully the, the next yeah. ones will go better. Yeah. So yeah, I report back next week. Uh, <laughs> I, I, don't, uh, I don't have a clue what's going on over there right now. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it's even if it's under attended. I'm sure that it's go the content is good, and yeah. How how are you? How are y'all like determining which? companies to reach out to and to partner with on this sort of thing like what, what's that process like um one thing like this particular one the first one we're doing is with rudder stack um where we recently built uh integration for and we were in touch with our marketing team anyways mm -hmm. to discuss a little bit of co-promotion so we just pitched that um the one next week is with Refiner, um, and I guess that's just like by reaching out to Moritz, asking him if he's he's up for it. And then Jane um, hired a marketing person um, or 
someone to help with marketing and they went through i think they went through all of her twitter followers just like sourcing yeah, potential smart. um yeah companies that are potential fit and she started reaching out to them like as a warm warm yep. lead kind of because they know yeah, exactly. they know jane and then um they're hopefully more likely to to be up for something like that yep so yeah that's that's been going on um <clears throat> We also launched um, uh, a new paid ads campaign or a couple new paid ad campaigns um, for uh, lead magnets. So we've created um, uh, three new lead magnets. One is basically um, a guide on user onboarding, which is more or less the slide deck from the workshops. <laughs> um, the other one is like a PDF with uh, templates. So we have this, these templates for us, uh, for various use cases and we bundle mm -hmm. them up into, into a PDF. And the third one is the worksheets that we had as, um, uh, as lead magnets for, for quite a while that help you like figure out what you want to track and what emails you want to send. And we created landing pages for those. Um, as well as, uh, yeah, paid ad campaigns that just like send people there and the goal is to get, yeah. instead of trying to get people to book a demo call or um, sign up, it's like just get them on the mailing list and then hope to there. build trust over over, yeah. over there uh, yeah. over a couple of weeks or so. <clears throat> and so far it looks like it's working a little bit better, like in terms of actual signups, like, actual call to action completions <laughs> i mean who knows what the signups to the mailing lists are worth but um yeah i mean at least people are, are signing up for a mailing list to get those, right. those lead magnets so right um we have to see like in the long run how good it works but um i am cautiously optimistic that this is <laughs> better than anything we did before yeah but i mean in terms of like signups and trials and conversions we We'll have to see. Have to wait. Yeah. Probably not an immediate uh, spike. Yeah, you got to let like a yeah. little <clears throat> bit of time go to to let it average out, I guess. Yeah, so yeah exactly. Yep. Yeah, that's about it. Like um, think, trying to think of anything else. Oh, yeah, we set up sick metrics um, to uh, basically try to do analytics across all the different tools we're doing. Um, Segmetrics is, is in in the tiny seed batch we're in. So they are like okay, cool. kind of buddies. Um, and it, like, it looks like it's a super powerful tool, but we are still so early in it that I still have problems like figuring out how exactly it's supposed to work and how exactly yeah. we do the attribution. But um, if it works as promised, uh, it will be super useful to figure out like if all of this uh, ad campaign drip sequence uh, to sign up thing will actually work because it's supposed to track like the entire journey and like figure out like attribution, attribution along, the, along the way the yeah. entire uh, yeah the entire path. Okay, so that will be interesting. Like if this if this works, this will be. This will be a good resource to figure out like how to improve the marketing and figure out what works and what doesn't, okay. especially with a kind of longer journey now. All right, interesting. Yeah. So segmetrics.io. 
Mm-hmm. This is pretty interesting. Actually, I may show this to my uh, my cl- client that I'm working with because this is something that they're they're totally struggling with um, is attribution across all their different yeah. channels. So I'll I'll show them see if it uh, see if it can help out. The pitch definitely is promising. Um, yeah, let's well, see. yeah, yeah. Let's see how we can make it work. Like um, delivers. I'm sure the tool itself is good, but I, I have a feeling that it takes a little while to to figure out like how to configure all the different services to work well together. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, ha- go ahead. Sorry, I mean to interrupt. No, no, go ahead. I, I'm kind of. I mean, just with it, just very cursory glance looking at it source attribution and then they opt in and then all these different engagement touch points and then tracking you know their purchases lifetime value and everything like that How, what sort of effect does do new privacy policies you know um ha- have an impact there needing to like throw up notifications at so many different points along the way and i just i mean I've I've looked at yeah. it for thirty seconds, but that's my first thought is, you know, what 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 sort of implications are there? Yeah, that's a big big question. To be honest, I I don't have a good answer. Um, okay. We okay. added their tracking snippet to the website, but uh-huh. behind the cookie consent, so it yeah. will only enable once you uh, once you com- like confirm it. And it's also we also added it to a list of sub processors. So in <laughs> At least in theory, people can read about it and know that we uh, will send their customer data there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we're honest with all of this, like you should probably not do it. <laughs> it's, it feels like definitely a gray area to me. Um, like yeah. you should not do it in, in terms of you should not be and- tracking their... Yeah, it's just like, I mean, in a way, all those tools are just like creating user personas or yeah. even like profiles down to the person tracking like all their behavior across like several right. systems. It's a little bit problematic, I'd say. <laughs> I, okay, <laughs> we, we had not planned on talking about this. Um, I, I am, oh, man, where do you even start? I guess I don't have an issue if you don't if you do not know like my ad my home address and you're not going to be you know selling that around the world. I honestly want you to know what keyword did I search for? What did I choose to sign up for and what did I not? What email did I respond to that that made me make the purchase? Like yeah. As long as you don't then package that up and sell it to somebody else, not only do I not have a problem with you knowing that, I want you to be able to know that. Because it gives you, as long as you are, as long as you do not sell and share that data, it gives you, the business, a better opportunity of sharing that same value with more people just like me. And Mm -hmm. I have said, this is valuable what you're doing. I will exchange you money for that thing that you are offering. That improves my current situation. Yeah. I want you to be able to do that for more people more regularly. 
So, okay, that's my default position. What's your What's your yeah. response to that? Um, I think the thing I challenge is that assumes that you end up being a customer um, and that you're actually like a happy customer and like the product. Okay. Yes. But like if you're doing this, um, tracking starts like way before you become a customer and decide to trust uh, to trust the company um, mm -hmm. with your data. And um, so, yeah, like if you're just like browsing websites, you, you essentially already building up your profile there and i mean it like the, the the grand culmination is like entering your billing address at the end of it and then basically giving up all your privacy but in a way like the profile is already building if you want it or not before that yeah before you definitely yeah. before you make the choice so i still i think i'm with you like it's less problematic for like if you if you start a contract with a company and start a subscription, mm -hmm. of course they will know who you are and they will yeah. have yeah. like details about you. But um, and uh, yeah, but before I guess then, point, yeah, yeah, before then yeah. it's like a kind of problematic and mm -hmm. and it also it also plays into like it's not only trusting you trusting user list for example, but by extension you also have to trust all the providers we use to to do all of that and i mean i believe we try to do a good job of like only picking right reputable yeah. tools yeah. stuff like that yeah, of but of course that doesn't have to be true for everyone so yeah yeah um yeah you're so i mean you bring up a really good point which is the part of i mean it looks like what segmetrics and i would assume services like it you know the 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 uh, unknown, like the gray area is, okay, how did this person find us to begin with? And that first, that first interaction, that first session, um, that's when I'm most likely to go ahead and just decline cookie consent, you know, on yeah. that first, on those first few visits, which is where the, uh, so much value will be for you. And then after, oh, okay, yeah, this is cool. This is great. Now I'm now I'm opted in. I'm getting emails, you know, from from that point on. Um, there's you're starting to build the the you know the profile. So okay, that's pretty. That is interesting. I'm curious how like what percentage of what percentage of people initially decline that to begin with and. You kind of lose that. You lose that first. You lose that first ad lead attribution. Yeah. Point, which is what's so important. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Well, it's a balance, I guess. Like, yeah, we can either not like care about any privacy, or we cannot like have like perfect data. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a tough balance. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely come down somewhere in the middle, but in the direction of, um, I, I probably come down at definitely leaning in the, in the direction of we've broken the internet by putting a cookie consent page on every single site that people for the oh, most yeah. part just accept anyway. Yeah. So, um, unintended consequences there, I think have made the internet worse. Oh, for um, sure. <laughs> but, but, you know, Facebook um, and, you know, privacy 
problems there had made it much much worse than that before so it's in response yeah. to all, all of that nonsense so i hope we'll eventually recorrect a little bit mm-hmm. like in terms of the cook i hate cookie consent pop-ups they're just like yeah. stupid um yeah yep. especially especially like the amount of dark patterns in those is just like ridiculous they I tried to I tried to find this, but there was a, a, a short video on Twitter somewhere, uh, basically someone like playing out that interaction between user and uh, website. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hello, nice to meet you. Do you want a cookie? No, thank you. <laughs> okay, if you don't want cookies, uh, you can either uh, accept all, or you have to reject every single type of cookie individually yeah. <laughs> and stuff like yeah. that. Right. And uh, I think that's right. the part where it's like, uh, it just like gets super annoying and I know. it just tricks people in eventually clicking accept uh, right. because it's just too annoying. And I yeah. think we need a better solution. Yeah. I'm kind of sad that uh, the do not track header uh, that I think it was a proposal to be built into browsers and stuff like that. And it sounds like, or it looks like it's deprecated and will not be like rolled out as a standard. I, I feel like mm-hmm. that would have been a nice, a nice way to handle this. Like have, just have like a flag on the browser that that's right. like, and maybe, maybe having it as a Boolean value isn't perfect, but like having like a score, like how, how much tracking is fine. <laughs> Something like that. That would have been nice. Um, yeah yeah I well, don't, yeah it's messy we'll figure it out over, messy over business. the next couple of years <laughs> well hopefully so hopefully yeah. <laughs> internet just continues to get worse otherwise but hopefully we'll <laughs> hopefully we'll sort yeah. it out uh, well anything else cool. going on for you this week um last week yeah i mean i guess i guess last thing is you know graham and i made a i think i mentioned that that we had some a, a big like a, a a major version uh change um basically yeah um from not necessarily tiny little tweaks anymore to cards and card copy but actually a, a, a shift of of the way that the game tracks rounds and, and advances and we we did he and i just did a really quick playthrough of it um online yesterday on tabletopia and it played really good it it yeah, it, it seemed like it played faster. It was more condensed, like the action, you know, uh, the drama basically was just condensed into a shorter into a shorter game. So it was a step in the right, big step in the right direction. We still got some tweaks to do before we feel like we want to open it back up, like update the rule book and then, you know, uh, open that game back up. But that was a good, uh, that was a pretty good feeling. Um, Man, we had, I feel like one one bummer of it was that you know we were pretty much to the point where we had our all the component lists we knew how many cards we needed graphics etc and there's this there's this service called uh, game crafter where you know you can you know send them all of your graphics and your list of components that you need and they will put together like a you know a hard like a, a physical copy of the game and it, and it costs like you know, for for a game that you would be able to get manufactured for fifteen dollars, if you were having like a thousand of them made, it would cost you fifty bucks or sixty bucks. 
um, which is actually not bad. Like that's about the cost of a retail board game anyway. And so we were like super excited, felt like we were so close to, you know, being ready to have a couple of copies in our hands to play. And then we had to make this decision of, okay, we actually have a really big revision to go here. So <laughs> uh, just felt like, again, just tantalizingly close to having a physical version of the game. And then having that, you know, pulled back was just uh, was a little bit of a deflating moment. But, you know, the the right, we both agree, like the right move. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But it's just like, oh, uh, yeah. So, but but and I mean, and we're spoiled. Like, I can't imagine how much more difficult and how slower this is if you aren't doing prototyping virtually. I mean, I don't know. I guess you get faster at it and just get a, become accustomed to just tearing up cards and throwing them away. But it's yeah. a lot. So yeah. anyway, so that's that's what's that's what's new um, on that side of things. Um, about eight or so uh, customer interviews lined up for this Lego project uh, this week. So that's that is moving along. Um, and yeah, just pushing that one forward. Hopefully, end up with a very delighted customer and a killer killer case study so yeah still excited about that one yeah yeah <laughs> me too cool. um by the way yeah. there, i don't know if this one is like it's just in germany but it's probably an international but um there's a, a tv commercial for microsoft teams uh, on tv right now which is like a, a sort of mini case study of like hasbro or something like that they they like interview like some of their employees on like how things changed with COVID and they're like um, basically play testing their games uh, over Microsoft Teams like oh my gosh getting I families to, to play getting families to play their games and then just like watching them over video chat and whenever that like that ad comes up I'm like ah hey. this is fine <laughs> totally oh my gosh I gotta I gonna need to be sure to search for that and find that. Yeah. Maybe it's like, of course, like it's in German over here, but I can't imagine like that it's not an international ad campaign. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah. Cool. I'll, Tiny uh, tidbit. <laughs> check it out. Okay. okay. Well, yeah, that's all. That's all I got. Good catching up, man. We'll talk next yeah. week. Have a nice week and uh, don't crash the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good advice. Later. <laughs> Bye.